The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Good Tuesday morning and welcome in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I am Chris Yow. Joined as always by Mo Patton and Coach Mike on the controls for the audio. Lawson Smith hitting you with the cool video stuff. And we are happy to be back on the air. Yesterday, we had a best of show plan for you. It did not air, and we apologize for that. Uh, that being said, we're back, so it's going to be okay. We got a lot to get to because we missed a whole day, and there's a lot to talk about. There's a whole weekend's full of stuff and an extra Monday and all of that that goes with it. So you're going to want to buckle up. Make sure that you are ready for this one because we have, again, a huge show for you. And, again, happy to be with you on uh, from the, coming to you live from the Lee Company studio uh, on WKOM 1017 FM in the Front Porch Sports Headquarters. Also, 94.5 The Eagle, WZYX down in Franklin County. Welcome in this morning. Happy to have you guys with us, as always. Before we get started with this crazy show, Good morning, Mo. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, how are you? Well, three day weekend, so a little extra rest never hurts. And I, I'll tell you, I'm I'm doing really well. I had a really good weekend. Obviously, uh, super excited about what you know what I was able to do and and to start my daughter early with the heartbreak. Except <clears throat> apparently. She's the good luck charm for me. The Atlanta Braves are one and zero with Charlie Yao in the stands. So <laughs> there you um, go. I think season tickets are in order. A <laughs> list, baby. Oh yeah. So that that was pretty cool. So re- really excited to have gotten a chance to be there. We'll talk about that that game and the other like five that <laughs> were played over the last uh, three days. So uh, we'll get to that later on the show. This is this is not going to have a whole lot of the 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 prep sports flair that you guys are used to. Uh, this show it is June twenty second, but it's June twenty second. There's not a lot going on, but there is a little bit, and we want to get to that now because pretty big news came out over the weekend. Uh, in your three day weekend that you were getting extra rest, Mo, uh, <laughs> just breaking news while 
while resting. Hey, news never sleeps. Never. (laughs) Yeah. um, Got word over the weekend that Kennedy Mathis had stepped down as baseball coach at Mount Pleasant. Um, Kind of a tough blow because it was about this time a year replace Eddie Bassham. And one win of a region tournament berth. So, you know, young kid. He was 23 when he was hired, came in and really had that program pointed in in the right direction and um, steps down. Now, kind of reading between some lines, seems like there might have been a teaching certification concern because when he was hired, he did not have his certification. Gotcha. And... Now, Ryan Jackson kind of alluded to some situations regarding certifications in the central office and that kind of thing. Kennedy didn't get as much into it, but um, he is pursuing some opportunity. And specifically concerning the new policy that the that the central office is enforcing doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, and, you know... Not everybody can necessarily afford to be non-faculty status because you got to right. have a full-time job somewhere, and those full-time jobs don't always, you know, depending on what they are, line you know, up with with your coaching duty schedule and expectations and requirements and that kind of thing. So, yeah, tough situation, you know. Um, Mount Pleasant already having replaced a football coach and a boys – well – Having replaced a football coach and a girls' basketball coach and looking to replace a boys' basketball coach, now with another coaching search in their lap. Tough. I I don't know how they're doing it over there. I mean, it's a tough situation that they're in. And and get into areas that we don't often get into, but with, with budgets being what they are and that kind of thing, I think some – teaching positions have been cut across the county. So you're trying to hire coaches with not as many faculty openings as you might normally have. And and some of those openings may not fit their certification. Yeah, that – Well, yeah, it's like a jigsaw puzzle, you know, putting all the pieces together. We've talked to – Chris Pointer on various occasions over the past few months about the challenge of, you know, getting those fits together and that kind of thing. You know, ideally, ideally every base, every coach would teach either, you know, English or history or something like that. Well, but that's rarely, those are kind of, <laughs> those are kind of the unicorns in this business. I think. Thank you. And so, um, you know, yes, the, the English teaching coach, teacher, the coach now, that, that did work against me a little bit because when I first started. English teachers don't leave. Right. English <laughs> teachers are usually. Teachers. They're not lady, coaches you know, who lady, are moving ladies jobs. Ladies that have you know, husbands that well, have doctors and lawyers and stuff like that. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. So the coaching slots and the teaching slots, uh, that kind of made it a little bit tough. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's one of the big challenges for any administrator is balancing his coaching needs against his faculty needs. And it's tough. Again, the budget that he's allowed to work with, uh, 
Yeah, to do that. That's, I just don't know. It. I don't know how Kennedy Matt. I don't know how Ryan Jackson is 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 dealing with all of this. I know the situation that they are in at Mount Pleasant has got to be tough. When you're talking about you're in the middle of interviews for your 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 boys basketball coach job, you've got to have this open for two weeks. So this will at least this will be open for two weeks. While I guess you can hire a boys basketball coach, hopefully, uh, as the dead period looms. Uh, in the next Monday. week, yeah, in the next week. So, uh, I guess I guess you can, you know, hopefully, since they're not going to have anything else to do, you can interview all the guys you want during the dead period, <laughs> except unless they're in, you know, on vacation, which most of them are. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's it's going to be a really difficult situation for Mount Pleasant. I, I do not envy them whatsoever. None. <sighs> Speaking of Mount Pleasant and football, you uh, got a schedule this morning and posted it to all of our social medias where uh, you can find Mount Pleasant football playing seven on sevens today, along with Columbia Academy, Richland. Those three will be over at Shelbyville. And mm-hmm. then later tonight we'll have one right here in town. Yeah. At six o'clock tonight, uh, Columbia central will host Columbia Academy long day for Columbia Academy, uh, Lawrence County and spring Hill. Up on the practice field, up behind the baseball and softball fields over at Central. Don't look for them at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. They won't be there. But they'll be up up on the hill, as they say. So, so that will be today starting at 6 over here at Columbia Central. Now, you did get to get get a chance to get out to a 7-on-7 seven seven this weekend. Oh, to, to be fair, I got out to the tail end of the Ravenwood Passing Tournament. I was not out there all day. Well, of course not. Why would you be? Well, you knew that you knew who was going to be in the championship. No, I did not know who was going to be in the championship. But thanks to Chris Brooks with six one five preps, I was able to kind of monitor things from the house. And when when it got down to the semifinals with um, Summit Central and Independence and Page, you thought I, I started kind of um, preparing myself to go out the door. Fortunately, I, I live. Only slightly farther from Ravenwood than I do from Centennial. Yeah. So I was able to get out there and, and catch the championship game, which turned it, as as I mentioned in the um, article on sm-tnsports.com, border battle light. Yeah. I, I mean, seven on seven, independence summit, and independence without five-star recruit Ty Lockwood. Uh, still gets the win. Brand new quarterback. Yeah. You don't have your you don't have your 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 star recruit, and yet, just go out there and win. Well, you know, seven on seven is not a whole lot different than eleven on eleven for independence. No, it's not. You're right. I mean, it, it's that's what they do. Yeah. So, um, like you said, breaking a new quarterback, Joe Cummings, under center, um, they went undefeated through um, pool play and bracket play, uh, summit. Returning their trigger man, obviously, and a bunch of of their receiving core won their pool and went through the bracket. And and like you said, I don't know that it was really a great surprise that those were the last two teams standing. But I think it, you know, seven on seven is you know take it with a grain of salt. Sure. Stuff. Sure. Obviously, but um, you know, pitch and catch, it's it's competition. 
is what most coaches will tell you. You, you just see who's going to compete. It's not necessarily about wins and losses, but it's about who's going to compete from play to play and that kind of thing. So, but still, and your winning is always fun. Your quarterback gets an opportunity to go through his progressions and that sort of thing, and not having to worry about a a rush, but still having to deal with a internal clock. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's a positive, mostly for your your quarterbacks and that sort of thing. And, and I always love playing on seven on seven because it just it was like flag football to me. You know, it was just a lot of fun. Well, and it's it's good to get that that timing and that that work with your receivers and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I mean, especially if you're a new guy, clearly it serves a, it, it serves a lot of positives. We are full story on that and Kennedy Mathis on sm tnsportscom So make sure to go check that out. Uh, our social medias have today's uh, schedule for that Shelbyville seven on seven, and we're going to try to get out there for bracket play that starts at one o'clock. I assume that. And, yeah, uh, pool play is pool play started ongoing. about fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> Columbia Academy and Mount Pleasant are actually playing as we speak. I do believe so. Yep. They play Columbia Academy plays Richland at eleven o five. I don't think we'll make that one. Yeah, nor will we make the eleven thirty-five Mount Pleasant Richland matchup. Yeah, so. All right, uh, let's. Uh, we're going to get ready to take a break, but first we have to give you the rundown. This is the rundown. This is your Tuesday rundown, brought to you by Jim Davis at Grow Live Give. Visit them at growlivegive.com or give them a call at 615-682-0022. Securities offered through IFP Securities, LLC, DBA, Independent Financial Partners, IFP member, FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through IFP Advisors, LLC, DBA, Independent Financial Partners, Registered Investment Advisor, IFP and Grow Live Give are not affiliated. In baseball action from the weekend, <laughs> On Friday, the Atlanta Braves defeated the St. Louis Cardinals 9-1. It was Miami 10, Chicago Cubs 2. Colorado defeated Milwaukee 6-5. On Saturday, it was the Marlins 11, the Cubs 1. The Brewers defeated the Rockies 6-5. On Sunday, a postponed game created a doubleheader for the Braves and Cardinals. The Cardinals took game 1-9-1, while the Braves... On the back of Ronald Acuna Jr.'s solo home run, his 100th of his career, a 1-0 winner over the Cardinals. The Cubs defeated the Marlins 2-0, and the Brewers edged the Rockies 7-6. In last night's baseball action, it was the Mets for the Braves 2 in the first half of a doubleheader. The second half of that doubleheader, stop me if you've heard this, Ronald Acuna's solo home run gives the Braves a one nothing victory over the Mets. Thank you. It was the Indians for the Cubs, nothing, and the Diamondbacks, the lowly Diamondbacks, defeated the Brewers 5-1. That was their third win since May 25th. To that point, until last night, the Yankees had had turned more triple plays since May 25th than the Diamondbacks the Diamond had won. won games. Yeah. So anyway, uh, NBA playoff action on Saturday: the Bucks uh, defeated the Nets 115-111 in overtime. Uh, that ended the Nets season. Bucks advance on Sunday. It was the Suns 120, Clippers 114. Phoenix taking a 1-0 lead in that one, and the Hawks 103-96 winners over the 76ers to win their series 4-3. 
In MLS action on Friday, it was the New York Red Bulls 2, Nashville nothing. In Stanley Cup action on Friday, it was the Canadians 3, the Golden Knights. I'm sorry? Out of 2, I'm sorry. Thank you. The Canadians 3, the Golden Knights 2. In Saturday's Stanley Cup action, it was the Islanders 3, the Lightning 2. On Sunday, the Golden Knights tied their series with the Canadians with a 2-0 victory. That series is tied 2-2. 2-1 victory. Golden Knights 2, Canadians 1. Series is tied 2-2. On Monday, the Lightning defeated the Islanders 8-0, taking a (laughs) 3-2 lead in that series. College World Series action on Saturday. NC State a 10-4 winner over Stanford and Vanderbilt edged to Arizona with a walk-off 7-6. to In 12. I was going to say that was in 12 innings. And then on Sunday, Virginia blanked Tennessee 6-0 while Mississippi State defeated Texas 2-1. In last night's CWS action, well, yesterday's CWS action, Stanford eliminated Pac-12 rival Arizona 14-5. NC State moved on with a 1-0 victory over Vanderbilt. In um, American Legion action this weekend, Post-19 scheduled to play at the Troy Father's Day Invitational. They got Friday's play in, defeating Tupelo uh, 3-1 and falling to Gaucher Amity out of Louisiana 17-5. Weather canceled the rest of that event. Today's schedule, baseball. Braves at Mets at 6-10. That's on Valley Sports South if you have that. If you do not have that option, I think ESPN Plus, if you're outside of the Valley Sports coverage area and you're listening to this for some reason, uh, you can see it on ESPN Plus. <laughs> NBA playoff action tonight on ESPN at 8 o'clock. The Clippers travel to the Suns. And in Stanley Cup playoff action, the Canadians and Golden Knights at 8 o'clock also. And that one is on NBC Sports Network. College World Series action today. Tennessee and Texas at 1 o'clock in an elimination game on ESPNU. We will be discussing that matchup with John Wilkerson, the play-by-play announcer for UT Baseball in the second hour. At 6 o'clock tonight on ESPN2, Mississippi State and Virginia matchup. That's going to do it for your Tuesday rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. All right, when we return, we're going to talk about the Braves. Uh, plenty to talk about, too. There were six games since we've talked to you last, so <laughs> we've got plenty to get to on uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back in the Lee Company studio right after this. Stick around. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey, folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. 
covering the teams you care about. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. As we approach the bottom of the hour here in the Lee Company studio. Happy to have you guys with us on this beautiful Tuesday, as you have seen on the West 7th Cam. Glad to be here on WKOM 1017 FM from Port Sports Headquarters in Columbia, Tennessee. Also, 94.5 The Eagle down in Franklin County. Once again, happy to have you guys on. Uh, if we drop on and off, we apologize. We had a power surge in the building uh, in, during the 8 o'clock hour, and it has kind of messed up some internet issues. So I, I just want to throw that out there. We, we're doing our best to, to, to uh, fix that, but we're not going to worry about it. We're just going to talk sports, and you guys are happy to – Join us on Facebook and Twitter, on Facebook, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. You can comment. We'll be happy to take your comments there. Uh, we also have um, have a live video on Twitter at SM underscore TN Sports. So there's that as well. Now, before we get into the Braves, we have to tell you that today and this segment is brought to you our friends at uh, Jones and Lang. So, Mo, tell them about Jones and Lang. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. So be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. The look of a winner. Hey, I want to mention also before we get too far into this segment that typically in this segment on Tuesdays, we're visiting with Charles Pulliam from the Williamson Herald. Charles is in Alaska. Where did he go? He, he went north to, to Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, hey, uh, that's the wrong, wrong. You got yeah, the wrong one. Wrong setup there. Yeah. It, it should have been a. Uh, do but I think we have the wrong roadcaster. Hey, there we go. Um, Charles is an Alaskan native, so he went home for about a week and a half. So, um, and it's, I think, about six thirty up there. So, goodness gracious! Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I feel we, like we could have, to... we probably could have had him on, but I'm not sure what he would have sounded like at. Six thirty in the morning. So. I don't know. He's a farmer now, so he probably gets up with the roosters. I yeah. mean, so it probably doesn't make much difference. We could have had Joe Williams on to talk about uh, NASCAR, and we probably should, and at we some will point. at some point yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but that we, being said, we figured we'd let Charles sleep in. We're going to let Charles sleep in, and uh, but, but we do uh, love our friends at the Williams Herald. We will get we will get one of them on later this week. Uh, but, like I told you earlier, there's just a lot to get to, and there's not a lot of high school sports going on, so we're just going to s- slide right into this brave segment here. As, uh, you know, tough tough weekend when you have to play four games in two days, and they're in two different cities. <laughs> that's, 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 that's tough. But, the Braves managed to, <laughs> as I tweeted, we managed to win the game. <laughs> 
<laughs> a couple of times over the weekend. Got got a big win on Friday over the Cardinals. Uh, took that series three to one, which is huge. Yeah, I mean it was. You know, I I, I would not have. You know, coming off of that sweep at the hands of the Boston Red Sox midweek last week, I would not have thought that they were going to take three or four from anybody. But um, they won those first two games by a combined score of 13-1. to one. Um, Charlie Morton went, what, six and a third? No hit. Hitless, yeah. Seven and two-thirds, scoreless in that, um, in that first game. That would have been Friday. That was on – Thursday. That's yeah. I would, so we, we were, did talk about We were about at Champions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We talked about that one, but Friday they get the nine-one win, which not surprising really. I mean, it just the Braves were apparently the the Braves pitching staff needed a visit from the Cardinals. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I mean, at least the the tough ones did anyway. It, it, well, it was, didn't carry over though because Sunday they got beat in the top in the first half of that doubleheader again nine one before bouncing back for the Ronald Acuna victory in game two, which in which Drew Smiley went five innings of hitless baseball. It was, and the one hit they got was that was almost the greatest play I've ever seen. On a baseball field hmm. from Ozzy Albies. I mean, geez. But it's just the consistency. You know, Lawson and I were texting last night, and he said, I- I've been watching the doubleheader with the Mets, and I can see why you guys are so frustrated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome I can't to our tell world. you how many times they had the bases loaded and just could not convert at all. And it's just. And I- it happens all the time. <sighs> well, what was interesting is as I was traveling back from Oklahoma, uh, I had to go up into the boot hill of Missouri to get through the bridge mess at Memphis and stuff like that. But, you know, of course, that puts me in Cardinals right radio, in radio yep. Cardinals radio area. And they were looking forward to the series with Atlanta <laughs> to right <laughs> some wrongs that had, you know, that they were having some troubles with. And, yeah, get uh, some of that, Mike Shield. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> it was kind of ironic. To, <laughs> looking forward to, well, to, you to know, get a breather and then. Here's the thing hit. it's funny because, you know, we mentioned that. Earlier this year, twice the Cubs have come to town and the Braves have been able to, uh, I guess, write some write their ship. Mm-hmm. So, uh, NL Central, welcome to Atlanta anytime. Feel free to come on over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. And and then you know you you get a one nothing win. I I get to see Ronald Acuna's 100th career home run, which by the way. Fastest to 100 career in Braves history. Also, fastest player to 100 home runs and 75 stolen bases in the major league history, and it's not close. He did it in 127 games faster than the next person. Who was the next person? I want to say it was Griffey. But I saw that same graphic. That you, you saw did. it, yeah. It was a, it he was a did it a hundred list to be with. That's like three quarters of a season. It literally. Uh, I, I, I wish I could. I wish I had the graphic in front of me. But I do he too. was he was the first person to do it. I know Trout was on the list. Griffey was on the list. Um, Bonds Ricky? was on the list, and. 
I wonder if Ricky Henderson was on the list. I'm not sure if Ricky was on the, the, the list or not, but all I'm telling you is it was Ron, Acuna and Hall of Famers. Oh yeah, well, well I mean Acuna's a Hall of Famer. There, I, as long as he doesn't get hurt, he's 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 in. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't the fact that he did it in 378 games, and the next person had took 505. That's insane. It is. I and I may have liked it on Twitter, but I can't get to my my Twitter because uh, my phone is being used for. <laughs> Other things for other things, so I can't get to it. But yeah, I mean, it. He's by far the fastest to one hundred and seventy-five. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> Here it I is. Mean, if you I need it to be, it. oh, there you go. Uh, it was Mike Trout in five hundred three. I'm sorry, Andrew did it in five seventy nine. So he's the third fastest. A Rod four seventy and Griffey in seven twenty five. Those are the only five players to do it before they were twenty three. Or through through their before they were twenty four. I'm sorry, that's quite a list to be. But right. Trout, Andrew, A Rod, and Griffey, two of the five are active. That's insane. Yeah, and it, like I said, it not particularly close. So, oh man. Anyway, that's tough. So the Braves play a single game today. Oh, hey, look yeah. at there. That's, yeah. They're getting a break. Yeah. 34 and 37 going in back into City Field to take on the 37 and 30 Mets. That's a 6 10 start. Um, again, it can be seen maybe on Bally Sports South um, on ESPN. Plus. I think you can hear it on our sister station, WKRM 103.7 FM. It's a 4.55 pregame. Charlie Morton. Who we were talking about so glowingly a little bit ago, six and three with a four hundred three ERA, gets the start for the Braves. It's Marcus Stroman, six and five with a two three five for the Mets. And again, the Braves and the Mets split a doubleheader yesterday. Braves falling four two, winning one nothing on Ronald Acuna's hundred and first. We were talking earlier. I said, I said, man, I like these seven inning games. That's two fewer chances for our bullpen to screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> the seven inning games are great, man. And Will Smith darn near screwed it up anyway he last tried. night. He tried. Bases loaded, and then uh, noted Glover uh, Austin Riley <laughs> with the stab out of mid air, and uh, nearly, nearly got back to the bag before Alonzo did for the unassisted double play. But. Tough night for Alonzo getting gunned down at third base by Acuna earlier. Come on now, Are you trying to run around on Acuna? Well, they'll learn. You're going to learn today. Just remember, pandas are greater than polars. That's all I'm saying. Pandas are greater than polars. <laughs> and I'm just, I, I just don't know what in your right mind makes you think, oh, yeah, we should definitely run on Ronald Acuna. From medium Jeez. right. Yeah, and it wasn't, wasn't it, it wasn't even deep. It wasn't in the corner or anything. He just came up, fielded a, a single on a hop, and just stepped right into his natural throwing motion. And, and, and of all people, it, I mean, it ain't like speed is part of Alonzo's game. Right. Like, you know, going first to third on Acuna, yeah, that's a good idea. 
That's, it was not a good idea. That's, the narrator. It was not a good idea. Yeah. You can't do stupid <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> it was Except they did win the game. No, they knew. did. Not that game. They did not win that game. No, they did not win that game. Uh, you mean stupid stuff like? Never mind. No, no. I won't get into the the no. the managering of the bullpen because it's awful. Yeah, it's it's the worst I've ever seen. I thought you said you weren't going to get into it. I'm just saying I'm not getting into it. I'm just going to put it out there that it's the worst, the worst job I've ever seen of managing a bullpen. Last year was it felt like every decision he made was the right one. This year? None of them. None. None. Not one. Not a single one. Except when you bring in Luke Jackson. Just bring in Sevens. Be all right. Anyway. This day in Braves history, on June 22nd, 1997, Chipper Jones, Fred McGriff, Michael Tucker, and Jeff Blauser all hit home runs in a nine-run third inning as the Braves defeated Philadelphia 12-5. The nine-run outburst was Atlanta's single biggest inning since 1989. And the biggest surprise in that is Jeff Blauser hit a ball out of the infield. Well done. Wow. wow. <laughs> I loved Blauser, but he just didn't have a whole lot of power, okay? <laughs> you know what, though? What's funny is his best season, I think he hit 20 home runs in his walk year and got a big contract out of the Cubs as a result. And then he returned to... Blouser. Regular blouser. Yeah, yeah. Um, sounds back at First Horizon tonight, 26 and 14. They take on the 16 and 24 Charlotte Knights, 705 tonight, the first of a six game series. So if you're Jones in for some professional baseball and you can't get to City Field, run on down to First Horizon. You should do it. Yeah. Definitely. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Tom Brady's uh, <laughs> quote. To the extent that we can. That, yeah, we, we won't say the quote, obviously, uh, but we will talk about what he said and who we think he was referring to. So, also, the Supreme Court, big decision uh, over the weekend as well. We may get into that and uh, perhaps some other stuff, but we'll, we'll get into as much as we can in the next segment. Uh, so stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Back to the Lee Coop Company Studio right after this. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. If you've listened to this show at all, you know Chris and I are always up for a good meal. Located off Port Royal Road, Coach's Corner is the only locally owned and operated sports bar in Spring Hill. Bringing you the best sports bar atmosphere and food possible, make sure to check out their inventive menu, especially their delicious burgers. Check them out at coachescornersportsgrill.com. High School Sports and Beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. 
Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, Coach Mike, and Lawson Smith in the studio with you this Tuesday morning. A fine Tuesday morning with apparently, according to my weather app, uh, humidity down a little bit, which is great considering you and I are going to be outside later, Mo. Uh, so excited about that. So is he. Yeah. So. He just, he just doesn't know it yet. Oh, man. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. You don't, want, you don't want to ride the shovel with us? It's going to be a fun time. Trust me. All Come the fun. On, video boy. All the fun will be had, Lawson. Uh, you you don't really get a choice. You were off yesterday. You got to build some hours. <laughs> I'm already ahead of schedule. Yeah, you got to build some hours. Hey, it's it, you know, it is what it is. Um, you, you still got to earn these initials on that sheet, though. So. That's right. That's right. We control your destiny. <laughs> we are here in the in the Lee Company <laughs> studio. Nice to be blackmailed, isn't it? Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> Uh, don't call it. This, don't call this it. Ain't black, it this, this ain't blackmail. This is extortion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you know, <laughs> missed up the term there. Sorry. Oh man, <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have to go get my lesson from Mr. Kennedy here in a little bit. <laughs> oh god, that's great. Um, coming to you from the Lee Company Studio, like I said, in the Front Porch Sports Headquarters, WKOM one hundred one seven ninety four five, the Eagle WZYX down in uh, Franklin County. Happy to have you guys along with you with us on this ride. Uh, we got to talk about this ridiculous <laughs> quote from Tom I, Brady. I don't think it's ridiculous at all, depending on who the subject of the quote is. I just think it's uh, look. He's Tom Brady. He won a Super Bowl in. In Tampa Bay, but he didn't do it alone. That being said, it's a little, it's a a little cocky. I'm just disappointed that we have to guess at who it's in reference to. No, yeah, I definitely want to know who it is. He should have just called out the team. Basically, last year, when we're all trying to figure out where Tom Brady's going to sign, and, and and Tennessee was one of the the places that well, suppose, a lot of people thought he su- could go. Supposedly, there was a Tom Brady sighting at Montgomery Bell Academy. Right now, now why I don't know, but plenty of good reason. Does, well, I mean, it's not like he has high school aged boys, right? But <laughs> we do know that Eddie George has a kid there, and there's a there's a lot of reasons that you could be at NBA one. Their facilities are just fantastic. I mean, have you been to their indoor facility? Jesus. I have not, actually. You have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's that. But. Um, one plus one did not equal it two did not. in that scenario, though. So, t- Tennessee is part of the, of the team, uh, one of the teams that Tom Brady was looking at signing with uh, before eventually going to Tampa Bay. Apparently. He was speaking with a team, and right before the end of uh, the search, they decided that they just didn't want him, whomever it was. And the quote that Tom Brady allegedly told these folks were, you're going with that. (laughs) You're sticking with that. Mother, yes. (laughs) 12-letter word, first first letter M. Middle letter F. Last letter R. Yeah, yeah. One of the teams at the very end, they weren't interested. Well, one of the teams, they weren't interested at the very end. I was thinking, you're sticking with that. Who was he talking about? Was he talking about Ryan Tannehill? Is there any chance he was talking about Ryan Tannehill? Considering he just lost to him. 
Pro Football Talk posted a poll on their um, Twitter account, at Pro Football Talk, pretty original. Who was the to whom Tom Brady was referring? And they've got Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, which is who I voted for, actually, Mitch Trubisky, and Drew Locke. My bet's on either Mitch Trubisky or Drew Locke. I'm thinking it's either Tanny Hill or Garoppolo. Or I'm going to throw in a, a curveball here. Maybe you're going off the board, huh? Going off the board with the Carolina Panthers. Because Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, I mean. But were the were were they? Even I don't know how the, close they were. I don't know how, how if they were even in the conversation. We know that Denver and San Francisco and obviously Tennessee were. Right. Who else was in that conversation? And honestly, I I don't know. But if I'm guessing, I'm guessing it was not Ryan Tannehill. I would have to go with Jimmy G of those four. I I think Jimmy G is a really solid um, speculation. I don't know how their relationship ended in New England. I think, though, that with... You know, the Vrabel J Rob dynamic here in Tennessee, I think he felt like there would be more interest than there ultimately was. I think had Brady done it, had said, hey, yeah, right now, let's make a deal right now. I'm coming to Tennessee. It gets done early. But the more it dragged on, they were like, you know what? I kind of like our guy anyway. And I like our guy. I like our guy. I don't know that I would have taken Tom Brady over Ryan Tannehill last year. Because you're not going to get Gronk out of it. You're not going to get Antonio Brown. You're not going to – there are a lot of things you're not going to get that the That Bucks the Bucks got. got because of him. Yeah. I mean, what, what does I, – I know this is going to sound crazy. What does Gronk bring you that Johnny Smith didn't? On the football field? Right. In uh, experience, maybe? Could, could you imagine Gronk and Taylor Lewan on the same football team? No. Jesus. I can't. <laughs> and I don't want to. Assuming Taylor Lewan stays healthy. Well, Ooh. they would still be on the same team, yeah. and, and I'm not sure that that would have been a good idea. Okay, so currently this poll has Garoppolo at 54.9%, um, Trubisky at 23.5%, Drew Locke at 123 and Ryan Tannehill at 93 So... A number of readers agree with you, and understandably so. I, um, I can see that. I, I mean, I think between, however, the situation between Garoppolo and Brady ended in New England, and the fact that you know Brady's from Northern California, I, I kind of get the impression that he would have really liked to have gotten back there. And if I if they right. hadn't decided to go with that. Yeah, at that time, yeah. wasn't San Francisco also considered one of the front runners as far as getting back to getting to the Super Bowl? And, and well, yeah, like because they they been. they were just there, right? <laughs> I mean, just been there, coming and, off the, and, they were coming off an appearance. So, uh, I, they were, you know, that would have been you know in his, you know, a contender, like you said, home, kind of a home team deal. Yeah, 
Real quick, I know there's another couple of things we want to try to get to here, and we are coming up to the top of the hour, but apparently there is a tight end university session going on in Nashville, according to Pro Football Talk. Some of the best tight ends are gathered this in Nashville this week for the first tight end university summit. Tim Tebow is not one of the attendees. He was not invited. And um, George Kittle went on, pardon my take, and explained why he was excluded <laughs> I'll let y'all look it up on profootballtalk.com, but um, there's that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's let's get into this as briefly as we can. We'll probably talk more about this because we'll probably try to have somebody on who can explain it a little bit better right. at some point later this week. But the Supreme Court of the United States heard a case with the NCAA as the defendant against former players, basically saying that the NCAA is a monopoly. And if the NCAA is not, does not violate the antitrust laws, I don't know who does. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty well, that's, it's, it's obvious. I mean, they've really made no bones about this. Uh, that they are, I mean, obviously there are other options. There's the NAI and that sort of thing. But the way that the NCAA has monopolized television and that sort of thing, it, it certainly violates the antitrust laws. And the Supreme Court voted nine nothing uh, to uh, to favor the players. And I'll so, tell you what, if you can get those nine to agree on something. On anything. You were either really, really right or really, really wrong. So, kudos to the Supreme Court. So, essentially, uh, you know, this was a, a Mark Emmert situation. And the reason he got the extension was to fight this. That, that's really the reason he got the extension. And uh, a lot of presidents are still upset about him getting that extension because, obviously... They knew he didn't have a case. Anybody with a brain knew he didn't have a case. So, nonetheless, uh, this is what um, Gabe Feldman, director of Tulane Sports Law Program, said. It's certainly notable that there were unanimous opinion of that board of regents does not support the NCAA's restrictions on athlete compensation. Uh, that was the key argument in every case the NCAA has made in court, not only that the Board of Regents supports it, but the Board of Regents means that all the NCAA rules are essentially legal. Basically, they said because the Board of Regents does not support NCAA's uh, restrictions on athlete compensation, that the NCAA president shouldn't be held accountable. Uh, but you're still not paying them. So just because you don't think it's bad, you're, you're, still you're not addressing get, it. You're not addressing the issue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Anyway, so, yeah, that just wasn't very smart. Uh, it is what it is. We'll talk more about it later this week because it, it and hopefully have someone on who can help us out. Um, there's that. All right. We have, we have two guests in the next hour, so we're definitely going to want you to stick around. If you want to talk, if you want to hear about uh, Tennessee baseball uh, up in Omaha, we're going to have John Wilkerson, who is uh, UT Baseball's play-by-play voice. And we'll also talk about um, talk about the race a little bit with Chip Walters because we get him on the other side of the top of the hour. 
Uh, he's going to talk a little bit about some MTSU, a little bit about what else he's got going on in, in, in the world of Blue Raider athletics and and personal life because there's not a lot of Blue Raider athletics to get to talk to, but we do have some Keegan Chamati news, and that's always good. So stick around on the other side of the top of the hour. Chip Walters, John Wilkerson, and, of course, it's Top 5 Tuesday. Sporting events we've attended in person, so that should be fun. Stick around. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back to the Lee Company Studio right after this. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back into the second hour of this Tuesday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Coming to you from the Lee Company studio. This is the best radio sports talk show in Columbia that airs right now. Hope you, I mean, we were voted number one. I'm just saying. How many are there in Columbia? One, okay. but it this doesn't one. matter. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many there are. It doesn't. We are number one. We're number one. Now coming to you from the Lee Company Studio on WKOM 101.7 FM from the Front Porch Sports Headquarters in Columbia, also 94.5 The Eagle WZYX. Happy to have you guys along with us. Every Monday, we get to talk to Chip Walters. We were off yesterday, so we just said, hey, Chip, you ain't like you got much else going on in your life. I mean, you know, the real estate market isn't really that hot and not really much going on with the Blue Raiders, so why don't you just come on Tuesday? And he agreed because I believe that we start his week off as well as he starts ours off. Mo, what do you think? Maybe? Uh, I'm uh, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sure he kind of endures this and then gets on to the rest of the day. It's like, if, if this is as bad as it's going to be, it's going to be okay. You know, <laughs> on the parks, murder sales hotline is chip Walters, the voice of the blue Raiders. chip. Welcome in, man. Well, it's good to be here today because it was like I was wandering through a vast wasteland yesterday since I didn't have this on my Monday. So, <laughs> We feel you. <laughs> well, we're, but, man, how nice does it feel outside today? Holy cow. With it, no humidity. No humidity. Pretty yeah, great. It's kind of San Diego-ish, or so I'm told. I've never been. but that's... You have it. You need to go because that that is the weather standard uh, of the world. I'm I afraid think. if I go, I won't want to come, come back. back. <laughs> and I don't think I can afford to stay. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. Chip. Um, the, the honors continue to come in for Keegan Chamati. Yeah, he was uh, named uh, Conference USA Track Athlete of the Year, uh, which I would say is, you know, I would say that's, that's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty good deal since he did win the national championship in, in the steeplechase. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it was kind of interesting. He's been, he's had some, some, uh, 
some media opportunities and things like that. And, and, uh, he's been just very gracious and has been, uh, you know, super good about, you know, doing some stuff here locally in Murfreesboro and, uh, and he and coach Hayes were on a local radio show here on Sunday night. So, you know, you, you really, uh, you know, feel good about, you know, you know, one of those guys who, you know, it doesn't get he's kind of the Maytag repairman all those distance guys are because they you know they they he runs 80 miles a week when he is in training that's mm-hmm. that's his normal training routine and you know you're out there just slugging it out on the pavement going wherever you are where you can find you know 10 miles a day or 12 miles a day whatever it is and then uh so to get uh, some recognition and uh, a little spotlight turned on him, uh, uh, it's kind of it's nice to see that and and nice that uh, to see him uh, accept that in such an appreciative role. You know, I didn't watch the NCAA track, track and field championships, but I'm thinking if you won the only <laughs> title that your conference was responsible for then the track and field athlete of the year would kind of accompany that. Did any other conference USA athletes take the top of the podium out in Eugene? Not that I'm aware. Okay. So uh, I think your argument stands. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. I the just want to – I was just so, wondering just how much yeah. debate there was in, in bestowing this honor on Probably Mr. Chamadi. Yeah. I moved yeah, at the nomination I, I, cease, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think that was basically it, and so moved, you know. <laughs> right, right. And then went on, and when uh, we didn't even have to have uh, individual vote, I think it was all either by it was by acclamation. Acclamation. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders. Um, Chip, what else is going on over on the yard that we need to know about these days? Anything? Well. Well, you know, uh, you, 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 one word you talked about that has been around here was championships. And, you know, we talked about that. The other uh, word that is a buzzword everywhere in, in college athletics right now is transfers. Hmm. And uh, and I've got some updates uh, there, both in football and men's basketball. And uh, on the basketball side, we had a a, a – a, a leaving and a and an arrival. Um, there was a young man by the name of Cameron Johnson who was uh, uh, JUCO. Uh, he's from Little Rock. Uh, was supposed to arrive on campus last Friday, but uh, chose to transfer again to Arkansas Pine Bluff. And uh, I thought it was rather interesting in in the tweet that he put out that he was coming here and the tweet that he put out that he was going to Pine Bluff, both at the top of the tweet had 110% committed. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, as it, it, it worked out, uh, there, there was another young man who, because this uh, Johnson was going to be, he was actually, he was transferring from Stephen F. Austin. So he was going to be a senior transfer a grad transfer with one year to play instead they are now getting a six seven uh combo guard from shelton state in uh, tuscaloosa Tuscaloosa. and he was a freshman 
he was a a high school a qualifier out of high school. So instead of getting a guy who has one year left, they are now getting uh, uh, Justin Bufford, uh, who has three years remaining. Oh, trade it up, huh? It it appears that way. And, uh, and, and, uh, I talked, I was on the phone with Coach McDevitt last night, and he was giving, uh, new assistant coach Turner Battle all the credit, uh, on, 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 on this because, uh, Turner had been recruiting him when he was at East Tennessee. And, uh, this young man, uh, he led Shelton State in scoring as a freshman last year on a team that went 24 and 2 and went to Hutch for the JUCO tournament. So they're pretty high on him. In addition uh, to 12 and a half points a game, he was, uh, he, he was second in rebounding uh, and blocks and had 28 steals and 21 assists in 21 in 26 games. So uh, he fits into Nick McDevitt's vision of what he wants. Nick, Nick would like to have a team that has, you know, potentially thirteen scholarship guys that are somewhere between six four and six nine, and uh, and and he would be good with that. He likes versatility. Uh, so here you've got a guy who can who can uh, do things from the guard position, but uh, he he was a fifty one percent field goal percentage last year, thirty nine percent from three and just over 70% from the free throw line. He's from Montgomery uh, originally, went to Montgomery Catholic. So uh, I'm kind of interested to see. They're, they're working out this week. Uh, uh, this uh, Most college teams around the country are working out, so I'm going to try to slip over there. And uh, they're, they're having to work out in the rec center because women's basketball has team camp going on this week, and they are absolutely – packed to the gills. They're playing three games at a time in Murphy Center and four more at the same time over in the rec center. So uh, so you, you've got seven games going on at any given time during the day. So uh, lots of uh, lots of good teams, lots of good mid-state teams are uh, are in are in practice uh, with with camp going on for the women. So so there's what's going on with with uh, basketball. Uh, there there is there is uh, there is news in football, uh, and there there are four guys who over the last, since we last talked that have transferred in. Uh, they include uh, start here with uh, a couple of guys who will be eligible immediately. They include a uh, a defensive back Trey Fluellen. Uh, who came here from? Who is coming to Middle from Houston Baptist? He was a freshman All American uh, his freshman year. He'll have two years left, and he uh, he was he had 100, 101 tackles, two interceptions, three fumble recoveries, and uh, in the four games that Houston Baptist played last year, he had twenty five tackles. So he was, you know, averaging somewhere six, seven, eight tackles per game. And the other is a receiver from Gardner-Webb. His name is Isaiah Gaithings, 6'4", 225. And Flewellen, by the way, is a 6'2", uh, safety. So, uh, But Gaithings 
has had 101 catches for 1,341 yards in the last two years. Again, they only played four games last year, and he had 26 catches for 267. So he was averaging over 10 yards a catch last year for Gardner-Webb. So you got those two guys, and then you add uh, a defensive uh, lineman, uh, Joseph Honeysucker, who uh, signed with Memphis but did not play as a freshman, and he left the Tigers before the 2020 season. He was a three-star prospect out of Hillsboro in Nashville. Yep. Now, what's he playing? Defensive line. Okay, they 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 must have bulked him up because he was like a, an edge, outside, well, they, kind of a hybrid guy at Hillsboro. Yeah. Well, they they list him as defensive end. So okay, yeah. There, there's that, and then then they they they're getting a in, they were in need of a place kicker. Uh, and they have gotten a transfer from Charleston Southern, uh, whose name is uh, Alex Ussery. Uh, he he was uh, their primary kicker for three years, and he was the 2019 Big South Special Team Player of the Year and a sophomore All-American. He made 20 out of 28 field goals uh, while connecting on a school record 52-yarder. So uh, all of these guys are eligible uh, immediately, so uh, really, it's been a pretty good week for Coach Stock and and uh, and uh, and the football program with some some uh, I think some very intriguing uh, names that have been added to the roster. Yeah. Isaiah with a Z. I, I'm definitely yep. I'm definitely intrigued by Honeysucker because I tell you he um, he was really dynamic on the defensive side of the ball at Hillsboro, and I I, I think that's going to be interesting to see how he develops. Yeah, and I think that you know they want that. They're they're always looking for that edge rush guy, and and, and the way that Scott Schaefer likes to play defense is, I mean, they like you know sometimes they will they'll pick their poison and 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 you know and if they may sell out when they think they've got a shot at going after the quarterback and will at least try to put pressure, uh, if not make the big play. So. Uh, I think he kind of fits right in with what with what Schaefer likes to do. So that'll be interesting. And then you you mean you 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 had a kicker leave, and then here you have a kicker moving in here, and uh, and and this one is uh, you know you're getting one coming in that that has a, a really good track record. So that, that kicker that left that was Cruz Holt from Ravenwood. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, Cruz Cruz is. I'm not sure where he landed, but 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 Cruz Holt, yeah uh, yeah he he decided to move play his graduate year uh, or, or his his last year uh, somewhere else. I mean, uh, so wish him all the best and uh, and uh, so but glad to get to, to get Usry in here. That'll be you know it, it, that's that's nice to see uh, again with a guy who's got some distance and made big kicks. So that's good. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Chip Walters, the voice of the Raiders. Um, Chip, looks like you had an interesting weekend over in Gladewell. I did. Went to uh, uh, Jim McGuire, former Blue Raider baseball coach, and one of my best friends. We uh, we uh, went to the to the race on Sunday, and uh, I mean, it, it, it really it was amazing to walk in there and see that place uh, that had not been 
Well, it's, it's a misnomer to say that it had not been used over the last 10 years. The The stadium part of the track had not been used. The track is actually, the track part has actually been pretty busy mm-hmm. because it's, I'm not sure a lot of folks know this, it, it, it gets a ton of use for testing and things like that because teams can get here. Uh, you know, they, it, it, it's, it's just not far for from Charlotte. Other reason. Yeah. Yeah. Not far from Charlotte, you know, teams crisscrossing the country, they can come in here. And in particular leading up to Daytona, January, February over the last several years has been very busy for the speedway. But, uh, you know, they, they made some decisions. Uh, the, the show was great. I mean, the, 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 the race, I mean, Kyle Larson was just incredible how, you know, his car just, you sit there in the stands and just watch. He just looked so much faster than everybody else out there and uh, was a dominating performance. Now, as far as putting on the event, you, they go from having 25,000 uh, capacity with the main grandstand and add 15 more thousand seats. So you got 40,000 coming in and they made the decision to not allow coolers into the track, which uh, now that's fine. If you, but if you're going to do that, you better, especially when you have 90 plus degrees and a lot of humidity, you better have drinks, drink stations and concessions available to where you're not waiting in line for an hour. And uh, I mean, they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to get a lot of praise for a lot of things and well-deserved. But they're also going to they're going to have some they're they're going to kind of get raked over the coals a little bit about concession lines and traffic flow getting in and out of there. I mean, I, I heard reports of traffic being backed up nine miles trying to get in there, um, and 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 there was one gentleman who, when we were walking out to our car, he was uh, he had uh, he had been there. He'd flown in. Uh, he and his wife had come from uh, Idaho and flown in last Thursday for the whole weekend of races, and and they were going to hang out till today and enjoy Nashville and all that kind of stuff. And he had left his hotel uh, in downtown Nashville at 11 a.m. and uh, you know followed the directions that he had been given and how to get to his parking and all that kind of stuff. And and he did not get in his seat until 54 laps into the race. So that was, that, that was a, a, an issue. They're going to, the, the, you know, I've, I've worked in event planning and, and, and done stuff, but uh, you know, that you, you do your best and, and sometimes it works out and sometimes there are hiccups along the way and you take those and you build from those and, and you, you hope that, uh, you know, the, this will be, of everything they've done, you know, the, that 72 hours of three races, people moving in and out of there, that will be the biggest learning experience for Eric Moses and his staff at the speedway. And, and, you know, those two things, I mean, yeah, they caused some indigestion for folks, but there were a ton of things that they did really, really well uh, at the speedway over the weekend, put on a great show. Our pal Joe Williams uh, led the, he and Chase McCabe did all the PA work and uh, were outstanding. And, and uh, you know, we I, we were fortunate, had really good seats right near the 
just uh, to the turn four side of the start finish line and 42 rows up couldn't have been much better. Yeah, no doubt. And and Eric Moses already put out a a, a release uh, yesterday saying that you know obviously they're going to make sure that they uh, review all the aspects of operations, including parking and traffic concerns as as well as concession operations. So I, I expect that this race that it is going to be here for several years. Uh, I I expect that uh, it will only get better from here, and we are excited to see it. So it's going to be yeah, a lot absolutely. of fun. Absolutely. Yep, it is. It's fun weekend. No doubt. Uh, Chip, thanks so much for hanging out with us on this Tuesday for, for taking some time on a, an, an unusual day for you, but uh, hopefully this will make your week uh, smooth sailing from here. Well, you know, in, in, mentally, being with you makes me think it's Monday, which now will get me to Friday quicker. quicker. So, so there you go. Hey, we're here to help. <laughs> That's right. All right, boys. Thanks we a lot. It. Chip Walters on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Happy to have him on this Tuesday. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have John Wilkerson, (laughs) UT play-by-play. Easy for you to say. Right? Uh, As Blade Tidwell gets ready to get the start against the other UT uh, this afternoon. So stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day. We'll be right back to the Lee Company Studio right after this. If you've listened to this show at all, you know Chris and I are always up for a good meal. Located off Port Royal Road, Coach's Corner is the only locally owned and operated sports bar in Spring Hill. Bringing you the best sports bar atmosphere and food possible, make sure to check out their inventive menu, especially their delicious burgers. Check them out at Coach'sCornerSportsGrill.com. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia, Tennessee, WKOM 1017 FM Front Porch Sports Headquarters, and 94.5 The Eagle down in Franklin County, WZYX. Thank you guys for joining us as well. We are excited for our next segment, and not as excited as we could be. Unfortunately, we are not talking about a winner's bracket game this morning. That being said, we are joined on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline by John Wilkerson, the voice of Tennessee baseball on WNML, the sports animal. John, welcome into the show. Thanks for taking some time this morning. We appreciate it. Absolutely, Chris. Great to join you and Mo. John, we appreciate it. Um, So, as Chris said, instead of working a 
6 o'clock Central Time, winner's bracket game. You will be on the air here in a couple of hours, I guess, as Tennessee gets ready to take on Texas in a 1 o'clock elimination game at the College World Series out in Omaha. And um, Blake Tidwell, freshman from from Loretto, pitching for UT season, basically. Why is this freshman the right guy today? Well, Mo, he's been in this position essentially from the start of the year. You go back to his first conference start. It's with the series on the line at Athens, Georgia, um, to open SEC play. And seven times Tennessee went into the final game of a conference series, and all seven he was leading the charge. Tennessee won five of those. And this is somebody who, while at the start of the season, he was somebody who could just rely on his sheer talent, of which there's so much. But as he himself said, he kind of got into a habit after his first couple of games under his belt in SEC play that he maybe started getting too caught up in the process in his mind as opposed to throwing and relying on his stuff and his defense. And he has been so good for Tennessee. While he did give up six runs in the win against LSU that clinched the Super Regional, He's pitched much better than that, and I think that was more a reflection of having a big lead as Tennessee jumped out and jumped hard on the Tigers to get to this point. I just think that he's got the makeup. He's also had the approach and the development that he's uh, he's now so much better as a pitcher, uh, and uh, not only that, a dominant pitcher, as he has been for Tennessee. So I, I think for the volunteers that have their, ser- their season on the line, Blade Tidwell is the way to go. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with John Wilkerson, the play-by-play voice of University of Tennessee baseball for the sports animal up in Knoxville. And, um, John, Sunday wasn't what anybody expected, I think. I mean, um, everybody everybody felt like the ball wasn't going to fly at TD Ameritrade the way it did the previous weekend, again, in that 15-6 win over LSU. Um but there had been seven home runs hit the day before in the two um, first-round games. So was it that the ball didn't fly, or was it just that UT did not execute offensively the way they had expected to? I think it was a little bit of both. Um, one, I mean, we, we saw the catcher for Virginia get one out as uh, he took advantage of uh, one of the few mistakes made by Chad Dallas. And – we also saw what a great story that was with the fact that his dad was on hand and uh, had been diagnosed and has been battling pancreatic cancer. Just an incredibly magic moment on Father's Day. But from the Tennessee perspective, uh, Tennessee just wasn't able – Tennessee didn't do a good job of playing Tennessee baseball. That's what Tony Vitello has talked about most since then. You Three times in the first six innings, you open with two men on, and it's just been so rare that the Volunteers haven't been able to cash in on it. Now, some of that goes to Andrew Abbott, who was simply outstanding mm-hmm. – when those situations arose because Tennessee gets two on in the bottom of the first, the chance to score right out of a shoot and he goes strike out, pop up on the infield and strike out in that threat. And each time that he wound up allowing the first two men to reach, he retired the next three or got out against the next three batters as one was a fielder's choice. So Tennessee ran into a veteran pitcher who had the good stuff going and, and I do think the atmosphere was just a bit different, but I think it was more about Tennessee not doing and being able to get Tennessee baseball going as, uh, as what we've seen this year. It really has been a wild three days so far in the College World Series. 
when you look at yesterday, it makes no sense whatsoever. You get 19 runs combined in the elimination game between Stanford and Arizona as the Cardinal advances, and then you get a run for NC State against Vanderbilt as the uh, Wolfpack sent the Commodores to the loser's bracket. It really has been something to watch. And then just a quick recap. So you look at the top four teams in terms of the favorites to win in Omaha. The number four favorite is eliminated. The other three all have losses. It really has been just an incredibly unique start to this year. I mean, excuse me, this year's College World Series. And no doubt about it, the two highest remaining seeds in the field, one will be eliminated this afternoon. And that's something. Um, and when you look at that North Carolina State team in particular, I mean, they go to Fayetteville. They get trounced 21-2 to in game one of a best-of-three Super Regional against the national number one seed. They come back and knock off Arkansas on its home field. And, you know, that's got to give you a boatload of momentum, obviously. And then what they've done in their two games since kind of lives up to that. I mean, does anybody beat North Carolina State? Well, right now it'd be awfully tough to do it simply for the fact that they haven't lost since they got drummed by 19. And they also, along the way, beat number one Arkansas and number two, three, or wherever they show up in the in the rankings, Vanderbilt. Uh, it has been so impressive. And the mindset, and I think it's the same with Virginia, which beat Tennessee, is that there's that, I mean, both teams are playing their very best ball. And I don't think that anybody would have pointed to ACC versus SEC and the ACC being 2-0 and with wins against Tennessee. Yeah, 2-0 against Tennessee and Vanderbilt and outscoring their two, their two opponents, seven to nothing. That's been it. But uh, I, I just think that NC State right now is playing with so much confidence, and why shouldn't they? They beat the number one team in the country, as we talked about, and then also the pitcher of the year, the player of the year in Kevin Cox. So this is a, this is a team that's just riding high, and it's going to take something, I think, pretty special to knock them off their pedestal right now. John Wilkerson. Tennessee baseball play-by-play voice on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline here with us on WKOM and Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. This loser's bracket situation is not something Tennessee is unfamiliar with as we go back to Hoover and that Alabama loss. This is a team that has played its way out of a loser's bracket earlier this season. So what kind of confidence does that give this team to perhaps still reach that three-game championship series? Well, you know they're going to battle, and they're going to battle until their last strike, and that's something that served this Tennessee team well. Um, I think one of the most telling stats about this season is they've lost back-to-back games once, and that was both ends of a nine-inning doubleheader in week two against Indiana State. They uh, they did bounce back, putting aside the frustration and the, and the loss that they once had a chance to celebrate in the bottom of the ninth before a play was overturned in that SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. And then they came back and they run ruled Mississippi State. They've got revenge, run ruling Alabama. And uh, but a, a little bit of a difference here is the fact that in SEC tournament play, you go double elimination for essentially three days, and then you go back to single elimination. For Tennessee to advance to the World Series, the the championship series, they have to win four games. And they have to beat the last team standing in the winner's bracket twice in order to get there. But I also think this is a team that has responded so well, rebounded nicely after each and every setback, 
They did so getting game two against Vanderbilt after the Commodores won to open that series. Did so against Arkansas in week nine of the SEC schedule when they had they gave themselves a chance to win that series, even though they didn't. Um, I, I do expect Tennessee to, uh, to to fight back, to punch back, and, and just do what they can to see if they can extend their stay in this season together. John, you mentioned that they've only lost back-to-back games twice. I think the thing that jumps out at me, and I know you'll correct me if I'm wrong, this team has seven walk-off wins this year? Correct. So, again, it's a team that, like you said, they've got some resiliency. You've got to get 27 outs against them. Um, They've not seen Texas, but what do you think of this matchup? Well, I think there are a lot of similarities between Texas and Tennessee, but also the Longhorns and Virginia. This is a team that, first and foremost, it's pitching and defense. Uh, They led the Big 12 with the fewest errors. They also were a quarter run below what was the next best team ERA uh, in the country, and they were more than a run better team ERA than the rest of their Big 12 brethren. So this is a team that can pitch. You go from being your conference pitcher of the year who opened and lost uh, against Mississippi State to now their leader in victories, as it'll be Tristan Stevens, who went 11-3. and three. Uh, He's somebody who doesn't rely heavily on the fastball. So Tennessee's going to have to be able to hit the slider and, and be able to work with the breaking pitch because he, he doesn't rely too much at all on his velocity. Uh, they do, they're deep out of the bullpen, so Tennessee has to get the bats going today, and and we'll see if they can answer that challenge. But I, I do expect Tennessee to, uh, to play hard and give it their best shot. But this is a team like Virginia. Pitching and defense is what sets the tone because while Texas is very good in the time that their offense can take off, their numbers aren't going to overwhelm you. Tennessee's got a better team batting average, has more home runs, more runs scored. But, again, when you pitch it and, and catch it as well as Texas does, that's what gives them their best chance to win. You know, John, I, I I hesitate to go off on a random road here, but Twitter is all a buzz in certain areas of the mm. country, uh, particularly Baton Rouge, <laughs> as they feel really um, comfortable with the idea that Tony Vitello may make the move to the purple and gold, is there any indication that, that he is focused on anything other than the College World Series right now? And if if not, is there any chance he goes to LSU? Well, when you're talking about a program like that, you can't rule it out. At the same time, it has been business as usual. Uh, you look at what he's done with his team, being with it every step along the way. And, and then also, I mean, Tennessee just got another commitment yesterday. They, they picked up a pretty nice one in terms of a transfer from Missouri to join the Volunteers. It was the Tigers' Friday pitcher who had said he was going to transfer to Tennessee. They added a commitment yesterday. While obviously there's this potential opportunity for him to consider, I still think that he is locked in on this team this season and playing as long as they possibly can. And then I also think that in just looking at what he's done at Tennessee versus what is available at LSU, certainly there's things any college coach would love when you look at the size of the stadium, the support for the program, and just simply the money that's right there. Um, when you look at the most distinguished baseball program in the history of the Southeastern Conference, 
at the same time, you're always going to be looking up at what Skip Bertman did. At the University of Tennessee, Rod Delmonico won 699 games, three trips to the College World Series, and two SEC championships. And Tennessee has struggled to find anything successful since uh, Coach D's departure. I think Tony Vitello has a chance to build exactly what he wants and essentially, for lack of a better word, in his image at the University of Tennessee. And I think it's as important that Tennessee shows its support to him, which I think it's willing to do, to improve the facility, which sorely needs it, as through no fault of its own, ranks 13th out of the 14 because everything else is much either bigger or newer. And, uh, and so I do think that if you commit to the facility, if you commit to Tony Vitello's assistance and, of course, the coach himself, I think in that order, that's what he sees as his priority. Again, I can't rule out that there wouldn't be the possibility, but I really, if I had to say where is Tennessee going to be next year, it would be Tony Vitello, the coach in Knoxville, as opposed to anywhere else. So basically, you could either go to LSU and follow Skip Bertman, or you could stay in Knoxville and be Skip Bertman. That's, That's a perfect way to say it, Mo. <laughs> oh, John Wilkerson here with us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. John, hope we get another chance to speak to you um, before another game this week. But in the meantime, tell people where they can find you and, and your work. Well, very much appreciate that. And uh, hope that we do get to have another conversation, but you can find us on utsports.com as well as the UT game day app. And for the first time this century, we've got stations that are carrying Tennessee baseball on the ball network from Bristol all the way to Paris. So check your local listings and, uh, and see if we aren't going to uh, be able to bring you the action from today's game. It'll be a one o'clock central time start. One Oh seven is the first pitch. The airtime is at 1245. And I do have this question for you guys. I've been to Columbia. It's a lovely place, but I've yet to find the statue of Mickey Deerstone. Is that somewhere hidden? <laughs> you know, you you are telling me something I did not know, John. Mickey's from Knock. Uh, Mickey is from Columbia. He spent a lot of time there, <laughs> and he said he. He's heard there is a statue, but he uh, he has not been able to find it either. Well, uh, <laughs> you, you, now you do know that there is a Lindsey Nelson Stadium here in Columbia. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I called a high school playoff game from that wonderful venue. Okay. Huh. So, Oh, so you were in the Marion Wilhoyt press box at Lindsey Nelson <laughs> was, Stadium. A couple of um, legendary journalists from here in, in the dimple, as Chip Walters likes to refer to it. But um, I'll, I'll have to check on that Mickey Deerstone statue and get back with you. But um, John Wilkerson, he's at J. Wilkerson NM, I'm sorry, WNML on Twitter. John, appreciate your time. Bring back a win, and um, hopefully we can catch up with you soon. Yes, sir, Mo. Thank you so much. Enjoy talking with you and Chris. You guys have a great day. You too, man. All right, that's going to do it for this segment as we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, it is Top 5 Tuesday. We tell you our top five sporting events that we've attended in our lifetime. So stick around. We'll be right back after this. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, 
While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Coming to you from the Lee Company Studio on the Front Porch Sports Headquarters. WKOM 1017 FM 94.5, the Eagle WZYX in Franklin County. Happy to have you guys with us. Thank you for watching on Facebook and listening worldwide on FrontPorchRadioTN.com. If you missed any part of today's show, the podcast will be available to you, as always. Uh, Mo may have to drive us to Shelbyville so I can put the podcast together today, but <laughs> it is what it is. Do what you got to do. Uh, we'll get the podcast up, and it will be also available on sm-tnsports.com. Plenty of high school sports uh, coverage on the website, so check that out there. It's the only place you will find consistent sports coverage in Murray County and Surrounding areas south of here. <laughs> Plenty of consistent sports coverage north of us uh, in Williamson County from the Williamson Herald, of course. But. want to mention. Yeah. the There was a reference made at the end of our last segment by um, John Wilkerson asking about. Mickey Deerstone's statue here in Columbia. If you're not aware, Mickey Deerstone, longtime um, radio voice of UT women's basketball. Um, turns out, thanks to the intrepid reporting of one Chris Yao, <laughs> Mickey Deerstone is a graduate of Columbia State Community College. Who knew? I certainly did not. And for those of you who don't know who Mickey Deerstone is, kind of a, a legend in Knoxville sports radio. Sure. Yeah. Um, like I said, has done Lady Vols radio broadcasts for as long as I can remember listening to him on the radio, I guess. Um, hosted a sports talk show in Knoxville at one time. I'm not sure what else he's done. But, um, I mean, if you're the radio voice of the Lady Vols, that's pretty significant around here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, again, Columbia State graduate Mickey Deerstone, maybe he should have a, a statue up around here somewhere. Maybe on the Put Columbia State the web. camp. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Put one right outside the web. Going into the web. <laughs> um, you rub the headset as you go by. Yeah. That's that's. <laughs> So if if anybody listening is familiar with Mickey Deerstone from his time at C State or knows where he's from, I figured he's got to be from around here somewhere close. But one would think if you're going to go to C State, yeah, for at, at, particularly back in the early '70s, as he did, that he would have been from around here fairly close. So give there us a go. shout. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at sm-tn sports. I'm sorry, at sm underscore 
Yeah, they don't let you use dashes dashes on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. It's really annoying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Let's get to our top five. Brought to you by our friends at Mid-South Five Fitness. Dallas Steel and the fine folks at Mid-South Five Fitness with two great locations, one in Columbia, one in Franklin. Check them out on Facebook, Mid-South Five Fit, and steelathletes.com. That's S-T-E-E-L, athletes.com. All right, here we go. Top five sporting events that we have attended. I'm going to be honest with you. I struggled with this one because I haven't been. I didn't go to a lot as a kid, so other than high school stuff. So uh, same, gonna, same struggle here. You're going to get you're going to get some random stuff you've yeah, never really? heard of <laughs> uh, in this one. Significant to me. We'll put so, it that way too. There you go. All right, number. Five. I have an honorable mention. honorable mention. Let's go. He's got like ten. Well, I could have had ten, but it's top See? five. Uh, my honorable mention is 2009 Week 12 Titans versus Cardinals. Vince Young with the game-winning drive, fourth and ten, throws it to Kenny Britt in the back of the end zone for the game winner. Saw it in person. It was crazy. It's awesome. That's a good one. All right, Mo, you got a number five. You got an honorable mention. I've got one that suddenly became an honorable mention. Um, Go for it. Because I was reminded of something by Lawson's honorable mention. My honorable mention is the 2018 Class A State Baseball Championship game. Columbia Academy won Loretto nothing in 12 innings. Oh, Best man. high school baseball game I've ever seen, bar none. There you go. Any honorable mentions? No, nope. we barely got five, yeah, right, barely, Coach? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Work to get five. We'll start with five. Coach Mike. All right. No, number five is the uh, 1997 Bandy versus LSU football game under the Woodenhofer area era. Bandy, un- struggling, playing LSU, a ranked team, had a chance to win it. They scored uh, with about a minute left. Went for two, got a penalty, went for two again, got a penalty, decided to kick the extra point, and missed, and it. missed it. And lost seven to six to a ranked LSU team. Uh, That's tough. Typical Bandy. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, my number five is I went to the Talladega 500. I don't remember what year it was, but I remember it was really hot, uh, and I didn't, I didn't like it. But uh, I enjoyed the 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 event, but it was very hot, and I was like really young. I was probably like nine or ten. So, but it was fun. I mean, it's Talladega five hundred, so that was kind of cool. So that was that's my number five. Lawson, number five. My number five is Week Twelve of the two thousand six season: Titans and Giants. And you were four? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was at least seven, but I remember vividly the Titans came back from 21 nothing down in the fourth quarter to win the game 24-21. to Game led by uh, Adam Pacman Jones yep. and Vince Young. I remember it, and it was... I remember thinking they were not going to win whatsoever. Number five. My number five. Three words. Music City Miracle. Mm. There you go. Were that's, there. That's all you, I wow. was there. That's all you got to say. Yeah. yeah. Number four. Coach. Number four was the 1998 Tennessee versus Arkansas in Tennessee's national championship run. Arkansas was leading with about three oh. minutes to go. Clint the Sterner. quarterback fumbled. Sterner fumbles. Uh, Tennessee recovers and drives down to score the winning touchdown with about a minute and a half to go in the game. That's interesting. Right, I was right down near that end zone where they scored. That's awesome. My parents were leaving that game when they heard on the radio that they stumbled <laughs> and fumbled, so... 
That's all. That that's oh. even better. Uh you've you've heard me talk about this game several times before, Mo. JSU Furman, two thousand five. Furman breaking my tiny little heart, but it was a fantastic game and I can't imagine not having been there. My number four is the very next week from uh, 2006, uh, week 13, Titans versus Colts. Rob Baronis kicks a 60-yard field goal as time expires, and Titans get an upset win against the Peyton Manning-led Colts, who would go on to win the Super Bowl that year. Rob Baronis. Love that dude. Um, My number four... It was the 1995 College World Series, and I really expected this to rank higher, but you'll see why. But, yeah, um, UT was out there. My first Just worth being there. Yeah, oh, it was fantastic. You know, it's the mecca of college baseball. There you go. Okay, uh, number three was Titans versus the Giants uh, in uh, 2006 – for all the reasons you just mentioned and, and stuff like that. I was up way up in the very, very top of the upper bleachers. The last row had my back against the fence. And uh, that's tough. So but it was a it was a great game to watch. Oh, yeah. Fantastic game to watch. My number three, I've been to a couple of them. Uh so I'm not real I, I can't really say, you know, uh which one specifically, but the Rickwood Classic in general. If you've not been to a Rickwood Classic Go. I, I need to. You need to. It's great. Has this year's been played yet? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I think maybe it has. I'm not sure. I'll check it out. But anyway, yeah. that was my number three. Yeah. Number three Two minutes left. is uh, game six of the second round series versus the Sharks. Nashville Predators scored an old overtime winner. I was actually switched seats with this dude who was at the very bottom level, row of the third level. Got perfect view for Arvidsson's game winner, and it, the place exploded. It was amazing. <laughs> my number three. My number three is the 1997 NCAA Women's Basketball Midwest Finals, UT 91, UConn 81. Um, UT had lost 10 games during the regular season, and the SEC tournament went on to win their fifth national championship, second in a row, would win another one going undefeated in 98. So. Number two. Number two was my senior year, Edmond High School State Championship game. We lost in the fourth round. I happened to be the quarterback. We went for fourth. We, we were down 10 to six. Went for fourth and goal. Got denied, and they ended up scoring because we went for the ball instead of the tackle. Ended up losing 17 to six. Uh, my number two, the 2007 Arena Cup Championship, Tulsa 73, Wilkes-Barre Scranton 66. A fantastic ball game. The Arena Cup in general was fantastic, the, the entire event around it. So, number two. Number two was game six versus the Ducks in 2011, uh, the first time the Preds ever won a playoff series. There you go. My number two, um, UT 41, Alabama 14, 1995. Uh, baby. Number, number one. Number one was the 2010 Columbia Central State Championship football oh. game. Was there with my daughter while she was marching in the band. That's awesome. That's cool. Mine was Sunday, Father's Day with Charlie at the Atlanta Braves game. There's nothing that's ever going to top that. My number one is uh, my birthday uh, in 2017, watching the Preds beat the Blues in game six and advancing to the Western Conference Finals for the first time ever. My number one, Vanderbilt 2008 Senior Night. Shane Foster, 42 points, nine threes. Mm. They defeat Mississippi State, 86-85 in overtime. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. 
Top 5 Mid-South 5 Fitness, we thank you. Thank you to WZYX 94.5 The Eagle, WKOM 1017. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yow saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. Cool